I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Welcome back to the Confident Woman podcast. I am thrilled about today's conversation with my guest, my friend, Erin Weidman. And um, I met Erin and her husband, Brent, uh, several months back. I mean, it was a while ago now. I want to say it was like over six months ago. Um, and I was introduced to them as like these kill it entrepreneurs these kill it parents, you know, like Aaron homeschools as well. And I'm like, how is it even possible to do all of it and do it in excellence? Um, and so I met them um, and well, I was introduced to them. And then uh, Aaron and Brent sent me some books, um, some Bible Bells books. It was like a whole collection of uh, Christian women or, or women in the Bible uh, it's telling stories of women in the Bible and it's made for girls. And so Lily got this package and Lily's my daughter. She got, gets this package and she's so excited. She's like, this is for me. She gets this bracelet with little bells on it. And like, she gets this little stuffed animal. She loves the book. She loves the journals. And, um, I, that really won me over right there, you know? Um, but I would love to formally introduce Aaron to you all. Aaron Weideman, founder of Bible Bells and Truth Becomes Her, helps aspiring writers and speakers define their direction and develop the strategy to write and share the stories they were born to tell. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. What an intro. Um, it makes it seem like I've got everything all figured out. Um, and that's really funny. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I love that we've connected and I love when God just orchestrates new friendships and connections, uh, especially with people that aren't necessarily in your geographical location. So I'm just super connected to be, to. I'm excited to be here and to be connected to you and just to share more about what we've been doing and talk yeah. with you. I just love you so much. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it, it, it may sound like you have it all together, but trust me, it looks like you have it all together. <laughs> and it's not, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, Aaron is doing such a great job of um, really owning the lane of one, being a mother, she's a very intentional mother and puts a lot of parameters around her values as a wife and a mother, puts family first, while also killing it as a, a speaker, author, entrepreneur, coach, all of the things. Um, and one of the things about Aaron's story is that it was non-traditional from the beginning in terms of like her publishing journey. So Aaron, can you talk to us about like, how Bible Bells started, Truth Becomes Her as well, and your journey when it comes to storytelling and writing books. 
Yeah, Bible Bells started um, as an offspring of my personal cancer journey. So I was diagnosed in my 20s with metastatic thyroid cancer. We did not catch it early. It was terrifying in that season. I did not know the Lord. I just was walking my own path, doing what I wanted to do. And I just immediately was shoved violently into the reality of, okay, this isn't good. You need to change your whole life around. I was working in finance at the time and just not walking in my gifts and had no faith to stand on. So God really met me in that season. I mean, he met me on the floor of a bathroom in the middle of a 72 hour quarantine for radiation treatment. And I just was in there and so sick, so dizzy and ended up crying out like, like, God, if you're real, I'm sorry. I've made a mess of my life. I don't, this is too big and hard to do by myself. And I just need you to help me. Um, and at that point it was, I had never learned to be vulnerable. I had learned, you know, growing up, it was about being diligent and conscientious and responsible and you don't need anybody's help. And my job as a confident woman is to be independent and just to live my own life. And what I realized after I got sick, you know, having to do things like move back home with my parents in my mid twenties, which was a very humbling experience. I started asking what you talk about on this podcast so frequently, like like some of life's most important questions, like, God, what is my purpose? What do you have? What do you have for me to do here? God, I, you know, how do I walk in my calling? These are questions that I began to ask during that, you know, season of intense pain and suffering. And God really met me in that. And he just started tugging on my heart about why I wasn't teaching in the classroom. So I thought, I've really had this special gift with children for many years. I sort of laid that down to take up the mantle of like finances and selfish behavior and living and living for myself and not for him. Um, and I, I just reorganized my entire life, like still at home doing treatment, having more surgery and all the things I had to do on the cancer side of things. I thought, you know, if I'm not going to live very long, I am going to let me get in the classroom as quick as I can and spend the rest of my life pouring into children, being with young people, mentoring them, you know, coming alongside them and encouraging them. So I, Bible Bells was born just from my time in the classroom. I went into the classroom and was teaching mostly middle school and coming home super angry and frustrated about what middle school girls were going through in my classroom and just Mm -hmm. hearing their conversations. And it really, for me, stemmed from a struggle with identity. Mm -hmm. They did not know who they were. They had no purpose. They had no direction in life other than like a temporal way of being like, what can I do to create wealth and notoriety and fate, you know, and all the social media stuff. So it's like, you're looking at what they're going through identity wise. It's a, it's a crisis. So they need identity training. They need character development. They need leadership, hard and soft leadership skills. So I'm looking at it going, okay, all of this is like going around in my head. And then meanwhile, I meet my husband and we're dating. We get up, we get married in the middle of there and I'll fast forward a little bit. But he and I are on the way home from church one day, kind of arguing like early married couples do. Not that you don't argue with your husband when you get older, but um, yeah, we argue a lot. Anyway, um, in that season, though, in the car, we were arguing about what to get my niece for her birthday that year. And she was going into kindergarten. I remember the car ride. I remember where we were in San Diego. And I just got impressed upon my heart. Like, you know, her name's Hannah and there's a Hannah in the Bible. Like what if I, as a person who loves stories and communicating and language, and I'm teaching English at the time, what if I just write her a really simple storybook and she can make this beautiful connection between her, you know, she shares her name with this great godly woman. And it's a wonderful story about surrendering and leaning into God's plan for your life and prayer and just devotion. And so good. 
So I, I simplified that story. We made a cover. We took it to Kinko's. We bound it. We gave it to her. And she just hugged it and she looked at it and she was so excited to have it. But she said, Auntie Erin, I had no idea there was a Hannah in the Bible. And I said, well, who's your favorite woman? And she, she said, I don't know any women in the Bible. Wow. And I thought this little girl's in church. She's in Sunday school. She's going to a want, like she has a faith and she's learning about scripture, but she's just like missed the connection fully yeah. with accessing the powerful stories of women. Yeah. in her young life. And I thought, gosh, she can name every Disney princess though. So is there, and right there, like was, mm. there was a hole in the marketplace that I like, God began to like, you know, stir my life about because yeah. it was like girls everywhere can name those stories. They love those characters. They are infatuated with this fantasy, you know, world of creatures and women that, that have been created for them to be entertained. And I thought, if we're trying to build an eternity mindset inside our girls, it, and as women, we want that mindset too, like living for the kingdom and not just for the here and now, we need to access scripture and specifically the stories of women in ways that we have not before. So that's how Bible Bells was born. It was just like a deep-seated desire to like help the girls in my classroom think about the struggle I had gone through growing up, walking away from my faith at 16, not finding it again till my cancer journey began. And then now as a mom, it, it makes sense because my personal life and my life as a parent has intersected with our professional lives in creating these resources and wanting to champion the message of your identity in Christ, living boldly for him, walking in your purpose, everything you talk about on this podcast, mm -hmm. wanting to do that for girls at every age and stage, not just when we become adult women, wanting to do that desperately, you know, in later seasons of life. Yes. I love hearing how it came about in the context of the struggle, mm -hmm. in the context of the pain that preceded it. And many times when we have really painful experiences in the middle of it, it's hard to see the purpose in it. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And those of us who have a testimony that we're proud to share, uh, we almost boast in those moments because they, they birth the most purpose in our lives and they become the stories that we tell. So what have been, um, what is it about the life that you've walked thus far that has made you um, so, I guess, bent on storytelling and sharing the journey that you've been on? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think for me, it's sort of twofold, uh, you know, in that season of, okay, I have cancer. I was a healthy athlete. I mean, I, I got a full ride scholarship to play softball at Penn state. Like I was not, I just had never struggled with anything physically hard like that before. Um, but I leaned on what I knew about mental toughness and, you know, perseverance and all of the things that, you know, when you're playing sports, for example, you're building all these, you know, character traits and things. So I tried to lean on myself and mm. get through that season, like under the own weight of all of my burdens. And so what I learned to do after that season and what now looking back and, and I look back often because I think 
through the lens of parenting and through the lens of leadership and entrepreneurial creation and all of the things that we're doing, like how I can use that because that's, I feel like that's a roadblock for so many women. And I know there are women listening who are like, I've gone through hard things. And like my default was to try to do it myself Mm -hmm. and to just like shove everybody out of my circle because it feels icky to let people in. I'm not sure I want someone to experience this with me. And I'd much rather like get through it just by the skin of my teeth and then look back and go, ah, yes, I see what God was doing rather than leaning into it, understanding we're built for community. We're meant to gather people uh, and be the church and be unified. Like my Bible study right now is all about unity. And so that word is just is just on my, you know, it's just in my mouth and in my way all of the time. But I think, um, you know, in thinking about not wanting to handle it yourself and wanting to press forward and really see the way that God can use it for good. Um, I didn't, I didn't have enough of a substantive faith in that early season. Cause I had walked away. So I just was like super scared And then as the cancer continued to, I continued to be diagnosed multiple times with cancer over a five-year period. So it was very much like the initial shock, had no faith, no skills, no parameters for how do I deal with this. And then as God moved me through that season, I, I began to see that the work he was doing was powerful while I was still in it, which I'm eternally grateful for. And then the, the other side, the second piece is that I think, I believe it created in me. And and I'm so grateful for this every single day. Like I wake up with a sense of urgency, not a sense of rush or hurry or worry about anything. Like God has numbered my days. He knows he is in control of all of these things, but certainly I'm in control of so much that he's allowing me to steward. He's brought talent to me and resourcing to me. He's brought, um, you know, finances and he's given me time and he's made certain investments Mm -hmm. in me as a person. And when we think about entrepreneurship and business and being in the marketplace, like God wants, like he wants a good return on his investment, just like any investor would in a business. Let me pause you scoot back 30 seconds Mm -hmm. out. And this is a really powerful Point. So uh, you're talking about how God made an investment and then you cut out. So, okay. Yeah. So I think about it like this and I I'm so grateful because I, I wake up every day with a true and genuine sense of urgency. And when you think about, you know, being in the marketplace and being an entrepreneur and, you know, when we invest our time and our resources in to make something grow and to flourish, right. We want to steward these things. Well, that's exactly what God does for us. Like God is our investor and he's given us so many resources, right? He's given us time and talent and treasure and relationships and a unique personality and unique giftings, right? And God wants a good return on that investment. So my job as a, you know, maturing believer is to steep myself in God's word, surround me with a rich and vibrant Christian community of other people where we can lift each other up, you know, be mindful and honoring of the connections that God brings us. And then to give God a good return on his investment means to just steward all of the opportunities and things that he puts in front of us, whether they're people or things or ideas or, you know, whatever we're supposed to create because he's a creator and we're made in his image. So we're made to create. Um, so I think for me, it's been a very non-traditional, like, you know, twisted 
you know, and, and we've turned around so many times on the journey, trying to figure it out. But I think what, what I would hope to encourage people with as they're thinking about, okay, um, you know, my life hasn't looked how I thought it would. And rarely, I think we get to the end and we go, ah, yes, I see everything God was doing. Like it makes total sense while we're in it. It doesn't. But when you think about it, like less like I'm out trying to blaze a trail and I'm trying to like, you know, carve something out that's not yet there. I approach life with a sense of urgency where like my job is to abide in his word, be filled up by rich community and, um, you know, to, and to serve and to aim for service first. And my job is to uncover the path that God has already created that might be buried under dirt or snow or wherever it is that we feel like we're going. Cause sometimes it's hard to see the path, but that's what we're working toward every single day. Yeah. So you've learned to number your days. The cancer, multiple cancer diagnoses was sobering for you, gives you a great sense of urgency. Um, there's a, there's a quote that I love whenever we number our days, it motivates us to face our fears. Mm. And because you're living with eternity in mind in a real way than that more so than the majority of, of Christians even live, um, how did you know that speaking, writing, storytelling, coaching, entrepreneurship was that path that would give you the most return on your investment versus another path? That's such a good point because I think, you know, when I, when I look back at my life and the way that God wired me, I see it right away, right? Mm-hmm. I was always enamored by stories. I loved writing. I read the dictionary as a child. Like that's, you know, not that's a small percentage of the population that likes words as much as I do, right? And I laid all that down. I laid down my giftings, my talents, the way that God wired me to care about language and communicating and storytelling in the name of, you know, in my in my teens and 20s, trying to make money, wanting to live for myself, not wanting to walk with God, wanting to be in control of my own life, right? Spent 10 years without him. And it was only after that diagnosis that now I'm going, okay, hold on. I'm wired for certain things. Mm. I love communicating. I love talking. I love words. I love language. Like I, I double majored in journalism and Spanish to do my undergrad while I was playing softball. Cause I was so driven by this idea of like sentences and grammar. And like, I love grammar and Rooney makes fun of me all the time. Um, but all that to say, so I think it's like inherent wiring. That's like, I made to do what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then right there, when we had the first idea for Bible bells, like I was very content just being like someone who wrote the stories and let's print them and publish them. And I will just stay behind the safety and comfort of my computer screen. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm just going to make them. I'm going to, because I like this work and then we'll put them out into the marketplace. And what I didn't realize is that God was priming me to actually become the front facing representative of the Bible Bells movement and the movement of Truth Becomes Her, which is essentially a worth movement for girls and women of every age and stage to get out and to own their influence, to walk in their purpose, like to do all of the things that we aim to do as intentional Christian women. And I was terrified at the beginning. And my husband even said like very quickly on the heels of my last cancer diagnosis, you know, now I'm getting clear scans. And I was like, I didn't realize God was going to do a radical healing in my life. Like I'm 10 years cancer free. This cancer is gone. 
Mm. And I had, I mean, my prognosis was uh, they gave me like a 90% chance to live 10 years. I, and I was 26. And I remember thinking, I'm 26. Like, I don't want to live for 10 years. That's a great, you know, statistic slash I have so much life to live. I hope I'm here to do it. Hence the urgency. But I, in that season, I remember very distinctly, we made the first book, we had it printed, 3000 books came on a pallet to our friend's house because we were living in an upstairs condo, 800 square feet, covered parking space, no garage. And we ordered these books. And I was like, as soon as we placed the order, I was like, where are these books going to go? And we, we hid them in my friend's garage. She moved, moved over all of her cars and lawn equipment to like house them there. And right there, it's like, we have all this inventory. How are we going to sell? Like you, that's when you get to the beginning of the race, right? You get to like the front, you know, you're not at the finish line. Once you finish your book project, right. You get to the beginning of the race, as you know. And, um, I remember being in that season and Brent saying, man, you know what? Like you, you know, you're teaching in the classroom, you're impacting kids. You're walking in your purpose. Like I see you, I see what God did in you. He's transformed your life. Like you're, you're in your calling professionally, but like, you've been through something really powerful. And I think it's for somebody. I think it can encourage women. I think it can uh, bolster faith. I think it can do all these things. I think you need to go out and yes, you're going to go and talk about the books and the women of the Bible, but I think you need to go, like, you need to think about going out and share your story and what you've gone through. And I told him, I told him I'm not a sharer. Hmm. Yeah. I said, I, in my mind, I said, there's no way I'm going to do that. I, I never learned to be vulnerable. I never learned to let anybody in. It was only after I was thrust into, you've got cancer. Now you're living at home with your parents. You can't feed yourself. You can't go to the bathroom by yourself. You can't drive to work. You can't do anything alone that I was forced to figure out. How do I, how do I let somebody in to mm-hmm. what I am going through? And so I said that to him. I said, there's no way that's me. Um, and that's just, but God began to chisel away what again, right? We're, we're about discovering what he's hidden inside, right? Or he, the path that we need to uncover that he's already laid out. Uh, it's about searching that and partnering with him to seek that out. And once I, once I had enough bravery to go, okay, this message does need to be shared. Who's going to do it? But like, it has to be me because I'm the grown up girl who suffered all the identity, you know, the attack on my identity, the insecurity, the comparison, all the things as a young person, I was in the classroom. Then it's a full-time teacher seeing it every which way from Sunday in my students and my athletes and everybody I was working with. And then you add on the, the other deeper layer of now I'm a parent to a young girl. And I feel like that's where the cross section for me really happened because personally, professionally, and individually, it was, it was a journey that I, I, I went through. It was something that God brought me through and he brought me a certain level of wisdom and expertise and a voice to lend itself to conversations that could encourage and motivate people. And I thought, well, let me just go out there and share my testimony one time and see how it goes. And I remember doing it. I remember I talked about myself for 45 minutes. It was really icky. I didn't really understand like the balance between okay, like share your story and then also talk to the audience about how this is helpful for them. And then like, where's God in the picture? Let there be a good balance of that. And God really walked with me as I began to study the best way to craft messages and to really access like the deep and meaningful parts of my story that were going to resonate with people. 
And he just brought me along a process to be able to do that powerfully. And when I began to see the fruit of it, because he's so kind, right? When we step out, give him space to work. He like, we stay, stay close to him. You abide, you know, you stay connected to the vine and the way we produce fruit is staying connected to him. And he just, the fruit appears. Um, so a lot of times, like you don't have to be, you certainly don't have to be perfect. You certainly don't have to do it exactly the right way, but if you're obedient to what God's telling you to do, he will connect the dots and help you put those pieces together so that the truth of your testimony and the power of it can come out and its potential can be fully reached, which is what I didn't realize at the beginning, but it's what I know now. Yeah. Can you speak to the woman who is in the place now where you were then, where you thought to yourself, I'm not a sharer, you know, I can be in the background you felt a nudging and you also felt as if God had blessed you with uh, an inherent gifting and skill set, but you didn't, you had a few limiting beliefs that made you feel as if this wasn't for you. What would you say to someone who is thinking that way right now? I would say, and I wish I would have known this early on. I'll say two things. First thing is like, God, God wants to use your testimony. He, he can move so powerfully when we just open our mouth and release what he wants shared. And there's no pressure to do it. There's so little pressure to do it because he's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts and challenges and, and encourages people. Like all we have to do is just maybe get clear on what the messaging is. What are the most powerful stories to share? How do I tap into those? You know, in, in my creative time with the Lord, he really illuminated a way for me to mine the gold out of my story and go, okay, well, I can't talk about everything and I'm not really sure. And I think that's, what's inhibiting for the person listening right now. Who's like, I know I've been through something. I know it's powerful. I, I, I'm sure God wants to use it, but like, who's in the, I'm in the way. So Mm -hmm. how do I get out of my way? How do I get out of his way? And actually like, link arms with him and have him hold my hand and bring me on a journey where I do get comfortable. I do feel fully, you know, I do feel fully capable of looking back at the whole of my life's happenings and going, okay, God, you were doing something like Mm -hmm. you were here. I know you were here. You brought me through fire and pain and suffering and shame or whatever he brought you through. And now like it's meant to be transformed and transitioned so it can be blessing a blessing to somebody else. And that's the sec- second thing I would say is I had a really life-giving, poignant like moment with Brent's aunt, his aunt Patricia, who lives in San Diego. She had ovarian cancer right around the same time that I was diagnosed, but we didn't know each other yet. And very early on, like we made the first Bible Bells book. I'm like, you know, I went and spoke at that first, you know, event. It was like a fall women's, you know, luncheon and shared my testimony there. And she had attended it. And I remember having a really candid, like very honest conversation afterwards with her. Cause I just was like, I, this is so uncomfortable. It is literally so discomforting. I'm not sure that I can continue to do this because I, I don't feel like I have a structure and I'm not sure what to say. And I know God wants to, wants to help people but I can't seem to get out of my own way. And she just said, Aaron, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I I remember asking her, what is it going to take for somebody like me to be able to boldly share my testimony? 
And she said, I don't know, but I do know that if you, if God is asking you to do something and you don't do it, you are withholding a blessing from someone that needs it. Yeah. And I just got chills because I, it just helped me stop thinking about it from, cause our default is just that selfish, like nature of how is this affecting me? And the second I, I realized through her encouragement that it's not about me, like your story happened to you, but it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about God. And it's about the person on the other, on the receiving end of what you've gone through and how they can make practical application to their own life. They can be emboldened to do something or consider something or behave differently or think differently or however God wants to use your story to bless them. And, you know, as women, like we're wired for extreme care for individuals, like we, we're wired for compassion and empathy and all of those beautiful, deep, meaningful words that like help us have rich relationships. I didn't want to be somebody who would ever withhold a positive impact or a blessing that someone is supposed to have because I can't get out of my own way or I'm too scared or I'm worried about reactions or I'm worried if I, you know, say it right. Um, so I, I I think for me, God really helped me just let go of this isn't about me. And my default has now become, okay, every, every message, right? Everything I'm trying to craft or create or the ways that I'm engaging with women at conference or whatever it is, it's for his glory and for the potential good of other people, however he deems it appropriate to be shared. So my job is to just to show up be diligent, do it with excellence, uh, be organized and structured so that I can be calm and uh, an effective deliverer of information. And I can control all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And through practice and repetition, right? It's like a muscle, like it gets better once you work it and you see those things like, like seeing vulnerability now as not something I either possess or don't, but it's actually a skill that can be built over time. I think it's very freeing to the woman who's like, well, I'm not that way. And I remember saying that, like, I'm not a share, like I can't do it. Right. I'm not built that way. Um, and when you see it as something to be owned and improved and there will be metrics on your improvement, that's, what's encouraging to continue to move forward because God's so faithful, um, as we flex those faith muscles mm-hmm. and testimony is one of those muscles. Yeah. What I hear you saying is that you will feel a sense of inadequacy at some point because there will be things that you're missing, skills that you need to grow and competencies you need to sharpen. However, your responsibility to others and your conviction to serve them need to be greater than your fears. They need to be greater than your insecurities. And I believe that whenever we don't walk in our calling because we're self-conscious, it's because we're too self-focused. Like if I won't speak, even though I know God is telling me to speak because I don't like the way that my body looks or because there's a zit on my face or because I'm stumbling or stuttering at that point, I'm not focused on the person I'm called to reach at that point. I'm focused on myself. And so what I essentially hear you saying is you need to have enough conviction to get outside of yourself because your story doesn't end with you. And um, I think that that was a big part of my own journey as well. 
Um, I, whenever I first started blogging, my husband was the one who encouraged me to do it back in 2013. Like we were doing YouTube videos together. I was like, okay, cool. Well, of course we'll reach people because, you know, it's Michael Pittman, you know, like, of course. Um, but whenever he encouraged me to do a blog on my own, I thought to myself, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen. You know, what do I have to offer? Mm. And many times a lot of women do what I did then and hide behind false humility. We, we say it's humility, but what it truly is, is insecurity. And if we're, were others focused enough and convicted enough to serve others more than serve ourselves, not only does it birth our calling and our purpose, but it actually changes lives. Um, so thank you so much for speaking to that. That's really important. Um, can you talk about the structure and the framework of how God taught you how to mine a story, especially because you come from a background of English, you know, God will use a lot of our own experiences and expertises and then craft them for his glory. Talk to me about how he taught you how to mine this beautiful framework. Yeah. So it's five steps. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful to have uh, studied under a master teacher in my early season of teaching who was teaching students of diverse populations. Um, she was an avid instructor and essentially I, I created with her and then separate um, a process that would help a person like develop a thesis statement for a persuasive essay. And we all remember like sitting in junior English class and reading whatever novel uh, with your teacher and your classmates. And then at the end of the novel, your teacher would undoubtedly have a prompt there. And the prompt would sound something like, you know, what is the overall message of this book? Or what is the moral of this story? Or um, the biggest lesson that you can, you've arrived at in your reading of whatever novel, right? Huck Finn or The Count of Monte Cristo or whatever you read, Great Gatsby, which is my favorite. Anyway, and what you would do inevitably, right? You would get your prompt and you would go home and you're like, yep, I got to write this essay for class. Awesome. And you would just stare at your computer trying to think of your thesis statement. And this is what we do when we think about our testimony. We go, God, I know you did something. Mm -hmm. I know there's a message in here. Let me try to think and arrive at what I think the message is rather than going back into the story and really analyzing it so that the message begins to bubble up to the surface. Mm. And then it's not about making a statement about the story or your life. It's about, no, this evidence, I've processed this evidence. I've sat with the Lord and done deep, meaningful process work of looking at what has happened to me and grouping it and analyzing it and making connections, noticing patterns and developing language around that so that I can talk about it. And now what was an entire mess of happenings and seasons of my life and hard moments and triumphs and suffering all of that was a jumbled up mess a second ago, but I have now a process that will help you look at the complex body of data that is your life and approach it like you would trying to craft a thesis statement, which is essentially you making a claim about life 
or leadership or faith or someone's journey or what to do with struggles, you're going to pull all that information out of your story and analyze it in such a way where God is going to give you and illuminate the language you will use to weave together the lesson you want to share. So I think that's the biggest thing is it's five steps. It's it's called ATP. It's That stands for analytical thought process. It's a very fancy name, but in simple language, it's how we're going to take the entire body of data that is your life and make sense of it, begin to notice patterns, group date, you know, build language around, well, why are, why are these, I'm, why am I noticing these patterns? And I didn't really think these certain events were connected, but they kind of are. So step one of the ATP is to simply gather the data. What we do inside module two in Legacy Story Academy is we spend a few days sitting with the Lord in quiet time, attuned to the Holy Spirit with our journal, with our, you know, however we're going to ideate this. And you, you make a list, you essentially create a data library of any and every meaningful, high impact event or season or occurrence or moment or conversation or something that has happened to you over the course of your life's happenings. I usually I usually recommend that people do it chronologically. It's very easy, I think, to just go to like the first season, what happened in there, and then the next season, what happened in there, all the way up to the present. So the first step in the ATP is simply to create a data library. If you had to make a list and write down the facts and details of every major event that has shaped the whole of you as a person, what would those actually be? Because you're not going to include everything. Not everything that's happened to you is relevant or helpful. But what are those events? Are there 30? Are there 40? Are there 50? Can't give you a number, but we always, in the in the program, we aim for like, you know, 60 to 80 because you're spending a lot of time going, man, did I have like a meaningful conversation with someone at the grocery store where they said something really powerful to me and I didn't even think it was a moment. And now I look back and it's, it actually really affected me. And I carried that with me. And I still think about that conversation and God will guide you to those moments, those happenings inside your life. And all you're doing in step one is just building out that library. Mm-hmm. Step two, now you've got some data to look at, right? It's not everything, but it's, it's the important stuff. It's the meat, it's the bulk, right? And now you're looking at the data and all you do is group it. You pray, you say, Lord, Show me which, which data points, which events, which moments go together. I don't have to know why at this step. You're just going to illuminate that some of these events either share characteristics, they share people, they share locations, they share lessons that I heard. You're not going to interpret the data yet. You're just going to group it. You're going to go, God, why? Let me think about which facts, if I can visualize them on like individual strips of paper, which ones go together? And then you're going to group them. And I usually color code it because I like colors um, or you can post it now or whatever you do to like get your creative juices flowing. And the next step is to group. Once you have your groups, now it's about writing a rationale for every group you have. You write a rationale and you say, okay, I put this group together because fill in the blank. Like when I did this for the first time, sharing that testimony I shared at the women's conference, like the first one I ever did, I performed the ATP on myself and the groupings that I came up with, like my rationale sounded like, well, these, this group, I put this group together because these were all times in my life where I felt extremely insecure. Or this group went together because 
these were times in my life where I was con I was comparing myself to the people around me. And all you're doing with your groupings is writing a one sentence rationale for why you put the groups together. Once you have those rationales, you're ready for steps four and five at the ATP, which is essentially taking your rationales and extracting abstract nouns so that you have the intangible words and the language, the powerful language you need to really understand God is telling a message through my story. And maybe yeah. I thought it was about shame, but the word shame isn't in my, any of my rationales. Maybe the story is actually about something else. And so from the rationales you're writing, you're just pulling out abstract words. Like for me, the rationale about feeling insecure, that noun word just becomes insecurity or comparing myself would, would become the noun word comparison, right? So now I've got some like meaty, powerful language to start weaving my abstractions together because I need to be able to make a claim about life that's going to benefit my reader or mm -hmm. my listener by taking those words and showing their relationship to each other. Because it's not enough to say, you know, we experience hard things or adversity is a part of life. It is. But what must a person do to conquer adversity? What must a person do if they're struggling with insecurity? How do insecurity and comparison work together to cause a problem? And what's the solution? So the ATP is essentially helping you make sense of all of your data. And by the time you get to step five, you're graduating from this, I'm focused on myself process you've taken you, you know, you through. And by the end of your ATP, you are weaving your abstractions together, powerful words like love or faithfulness or goodness or whatever, whatever your ATP shows you. And you weave them together in such a way that now you're making a powerful statement about the life of your reader. Mm -hmm. And essentially that statement and or that problem and the need for a solution is how you're going to articulate your message is promise, the promise that you're going to write down in your book and prove the claim that you're making about life mm -hmm. for the ultimate benefit of your reader. So that's, what's fun about it is like, and that's what I love coaching people through because almost, I would say 99% of the people inside LSA that have already gone through and graduated and now have their books, they're out speaking, they're, they're using the message they've created inside the program. 99% of them came in saying that the number one problem that they had was, I don't know what stories to tell. And I'm not sure which elements of my story are the most powerful, right? Mm -hmm. I know something. I know something's happened and it's been big. It's transformed my life. It's helped. Like the Lord has shown up powerfully. Mm -hmm. How do I dig all that up and mm -hmm. pull together the most powerful elements so that I can go out and be a blessing and allow the testimony of my life be for his glory, right? Draw people to his presence and show them what it can mean for their lives. That's how we inspire and encourage and motivate people. So that's, what's fun about the process is it it's, there is a process and it's pretty simple. I think one thing that's really valuable about this framework is that it takes a lot of the trial and error 
and guesswork out of knowing which stories are significant and land and hit. Because as a speaker and author myself, a lot of these things I've had to test on real audiences to see if people resonate. And some of the things you think are going to hit flop. And some of the things that you think nobody's going to care about, oh my gosh, it, it, it just, it is such a hit. And, um, so I think doing that in with a framework and then in the midst of community gives you that opportunity. So you've already alluded to it. Um, tell us about Legacy Story Academy, why you created it and what it's all about. Yeah, I created it because as I traveled around and spoke to different audiences, after I would do that, I would like, whether it was a conference or some sort of a business event or whatever it was, I would have women rush up to me afterwards and talk to me about just dreams that God had placed inside their hearts, their own stories and struggles with all sorts of different things and feeling attacked and inhibited at the same time for how they were going to take a step forward. So I just began to pray about it and God continued to like bring me people to mentor and coach. And then I kind of got a couple of small groups together and thought, okay, I can teach. I have a certain level of expertise in this area and I can use what I have been teaching already in the classroom for so many years and just apply it to the author, you know, writing room, to the speaking stage and the places that I found myself naturally in the last several seasons of my life. So Legacy Story Academy was born simply because we know that we have powerful stories. We know God wants us to share them. And sometimes we just have to get out of the way and get the right framework, get all the practical tools from somebody who honestly, and you just said it, like having to trial and error it and go out and like do it in real time and see how it goes well or doesn't go well. Like we've done all of the fall on your face face work for everybody. And we've literally figured out what it takes to share a successful message that once you get a handle on the structure and you have a plan in place to to get those stories together and to craft your messaging. That's really all you need to map and outline a book project. It's all you need to, you know, get some structure and get your hands around a teaching series or a talk you're going to give, or even just sitting, sharing your testimony with somebody at coffee, because you feel prompted by the spirit to engage somebody with the entirety of your story or bits and pieces of it to be able to have deep, meaningful connections with people through the stories that we've already lived, it just became very apparent to me that I could speak into this space because of how God used somebody who was totally averse to the idea of even sharing or being vulnerable. And I was so scared to do it at the beginning and just didn't know where to start. And God really came alongside me. And now that I've been doing this for years and years all over the world, I mean, on multiple topics, I've I've sort of graduated and I'm now not only speaking about girls and women and identity, but I'm in the leadership space and talking to business leaders and just God has had me in several spheres of influence doing this for a long time that my heart was just, how can I gather together something that's really simple, that's easy to understand and actually coach women through the process. So it doesn't feel like there are other writing programs out there or other like you know, programs that you can purchase that will give you the information or teach you how to outline a book or whatever. But I very much love the coaching component 
and the interactive, like, and as you do too, you know, like we like to be with women, we're relational. We want to be there through the process to be able to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other. Like we need that as women. So I think LSA for me has been a way to roll out, you know, the expertise I have weaved into here are all the practical pieces that you can do like step-by-step one over the other. So that by the time you finish the program, that book you're trying to write is not only started, it's finished. Like that talk you're trying to give and you're like, I want to motivate people. I'm going to put together, you know, teaching series or a set of talks that I want to give or build out my, my speaking suite that all of the work is done inside the program so that you have a, a jump off point to engage deeper with people. That message that's been on your heart, it's been impressed on your heart so long to share. And maybe you just haven't known how or where to start. So what has been, as you've worked with these various speakers, authors, aspiring authors, what has been one of the biggest aha moments that you've seen? Or even if there's a theme of, man, there's always this aha moment when we do X, Y, Z. What is that? Oh, so good. Um, Gosh, there's so many. So definitely the mapping process that I think, and you know, as a writer, like you need to have a structure going into the time that you're spending creatively with the Lord. You can't just wing it. Right. So I think helping people understand once you do the deep dive work of the ATP, the next step is the fun part where you get to dream with God, like whiteboard session out what's actually going in your book, chapter over chapter, topic by topic, where the lessons, where the takeaways, which stories go, where that process is like a radial brainstorm. And I've had people in the program do it like in a word processing, you know, app, or they've done it on a whiteboard, like in on the whole of their wall inside their office or wherever they choose to do it. It's so cool because all of the different methods are different, but the end result is the same where by the end of the mapping process, they can actually see the brainstorm where they're going to pick and pull all the parts of their book together. So by the time they go to outline, they feel fully confident that everything they want to say is going in the book. They are not missing a piece or having to circle back later. Oh, I wish I would have built that, that section out, or now it's missing something. And I think that can really stifle the creativity Once you get down the road and you're in the middle of your writing project to then have to circle back and go, oh no, this isn't like going to, this isn't going how I thought it was going to. You just do the front loaded work before you even begin the writing portion. And then the writing portion, like you can breeze through it because you've done a map, you've done an outline and you have a plan. Every time you sit down to write, you have a plan for what's going on the page. You know what stories you're talking about. You know what lessons you're going to weave in and make connections and what quotes you're including and what punchy statements you're going to leave them with chapter over chapter. So I think it just increases confidence while you're moving through the writing process. The other thing I see people doing inside the program, which is so life-giving for me, because I really wanted to tackle up front the second objection or the second hurdle that I hear about all the time. It's not, I don't know what stories to share. It's I actually do, you know, I I feel comfortable. I know what God's doing in my story. I just straight up don't have time to write this book or I'm too busy. I'm already working a full-time job or I have kids or my husband or, or I'm dating or whatever, whatever they're doing. Women feel so stretched that they literally see their schedule and hour over hour. They're like, I just don't have what I need on the calendar and by the clock standards to to actually achieve this goal. 
And I teach inside the program an entire module called time leadership. And it's not time management. Like time management is essentially taking the messy elements of your life and doing things to them to make them more organized. Time leadership is actually about owning the time that you've been given and learning to honor and steward that time so that you can achieve success, not just in your professional life and not just with the creative work you want to do for your book or your speaking or whatever, so that you can experience God's measure of success in every realm of life. That's relationships, that's family and children and professional work and the kingdom work you're doing, like everything you're doing that God has called you to we want to honor and steward the resources that he gives us, not just money when we think of resourcing, but I teach inside the program, a time investment strategy that I have used to write all 13 of my books. And our God is a God of abundance. He is a God of more than enough. He says that we are more than conquerors, not that just we're meant to eke by and barely get things done. I believe that he has given us fully more time than we need to get the work accomplished because he knows who we are. He knows what we're up against and to partner with him to do it. We just need a structure. And so this was taught to me inside a mentorship years ago. And I kind of made it my own as just a way to say, you know what? There are lost hours of the day. There is work that you're doing that's actually being you know, inhibited and, and you're being distracted and allowing things to bleed into the focus time you're using to create and build and do all the things you're doing professionally. And once you get a handle on that, and I love hearing from people inside the program, like that's probably the second review coming out of that module alone is that while I'm looking at my schedule and while prior to starting the program, I literally couldn't find an extra five minutes to 90 days later, not only do I have extra time, but I've used that extra time and I've, I've stewarded it really well. And I have my finished product my finished book, my finished resource, ready to go and moved on to the next phase, which is like editing, printing, publishing, however you're going to get it out into the marketplace. So I love teaching how to lead yourself in that area because at the end of the day, like we're busy women, it's very easy to not know how to build the right parameters around what you're doing, to have no boundaries, to feel just emptying out, like we're emptying our cup all day long where there's no place to fill it. And it's a dejecting feeling. So I think I've loved inviting people into the program and yes, dealing with all of the publishing aspects of what they're doing, all of the building and the growing and the writing and everything we get to do in there. But then just practically talking very, you know, very candidly about what's God's measure, what's God's desire for our success in all of the areas of life, not just, well, we're really going to work hard to aim for success in this one area while we sacrifice everything else. I think that's a complete misstep. That's not the life God has for us. And we are not walking in our calling when we're doing that. So I love time leadership. I use it every single day and I love teaching it. Yeah. Time leadership is uh, such a, a, an amazing concept. And what I'm hearing is that you're teaching both mindset and skill set. So you'll leave with some limiting beliefs broken and some expanding beliefs established, and then you'll also have all the skill sets that you'll need to do what it is that you're called to do. One of the things I liked about what you're saying was that 
you will have a greater sense of confidence. Um, one of the things I teach in my book is the four components of confidence. And the four components of confidence are clarity, connection, competency, and conviction. And I'm seeing this all provided within the context of your program. So clarity, you get really clear on what stories you're going to tell, really clear on the language you're going to use, really clear on the big takeaway that your reader is going to have. Um, it also gives you connection, connection to a mentor and coach, as well as connection to other people who have your same kind of goals. And then there is competency because you're teaching mindset and skill set. You're getting good at what you do. And then there's the conviction piece because you're partnering with God in all of this. You're seeking him for God. What is your view of success? And how can I get outside of myself to serve the person on the other side? So for me, that's a win in my book. Aaron, who would you say this course is for? Well, this program is for and who it's not for. Yeah, this is for the person who has sat for any length of time staring at the blinking cursor on their screen and wondering how to get the story from inside their mind out into a manuscript or into a teaching series of some kind. Uh, it's for the person who knows there's something inside them, but they're lacking the tools and the understanding of the process for getting it out. And it's about, it's for the person who is unclear as far as like by their own doing, right? They've been in their mind and, you know, talking themselves out of taking the next step, not necessarily giving excuses, but just really believing, like you were saying, having those limiting beliefs, like, I can't do this. I've never done it before. I have no connections. I have no experience. I've never written a book. I ne never tried to do this. Um, I don't have enough time. It's the person that's talking, that's already talked themselves out of it or is continuing to discount the contribution they can make. When we think about eternity and what God is doing in the world, you're highly motivated to engage that conversation and become a part of the work that God's doing, but you've just felt stifled, you felt frustrated or confused about the process, and it's felt so overwhelming that you haven't known what to do. This is for that person who's like, who's there emotionally, but just practically can't see the steps to continue forward. And then who is it not for? It is definitely not for the person who is, you, you know, I would say it's not for the person who isn't prioritizing what we as Christians are called to prioritize. I feel like um, there are a lot of programs out there that are about, you know, I'm going to teach you how to generate wealth and make, you know, make an impact while you're making income. This program is to do that. But the point of making money and the point of having an impact is to populate heaven, is to not just live life with a Christian mindset, but to really funnel every decision you're making, not just professionally, not just creatively, every decision you're making through the lens of, well, what does God prioritize most? What is the work that God is doing in the world right now? Yeah. How can I become a part of what he's doing? What's my part to engage with what God is doing 
his plan to meet people, his plan to redeem people. That Mm -hmm. is a very exciting conversation for the modern Christian. And it's a graduation from the baseline belief or desire of all people to generate wealth and, you know, have a comfortable life. And certainly we want to generate wealth. But I think for me, like I've lived on mission for the last several years, like the the point of making money, the point of wealth generation is to funnel it back into the kingdom. Yeah. Get, get excited about getting involved in what God is doing through your generosity, through your giving, involving your family. Like we really cover so many deep, meaningful aspects of Christian life inside the program. So yes, like it's definitely not for the person who isn't looking to integrate their faith into every aspect of their life. If you're just looking to figure out how to write a book and, you know, sell a lot of books and generate wealth, that's certainly covered, but it's not the whole of what we're doing inside Legacy Story Academy. I mean, we're building a legacy that has to do with, you know, letting go of the temporal mindset and really building a legacy that lasts forever. You have to get on God's wavelength for the things that last, right? He he doesn't say, I've appointed you to produce fruit. He says, I've appointed you to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last. And so when we think about lasting fruit, God's, you know, currency isn't money, it's souls, it's people, it's disciples. So it's like, it's inside Legacy Story Academy. I think that's, that's one of the things that makes it totally different because yeah, yeah, like we want to generate wealth. That's so important. We can funnel things back into the kingdom. And I love making money to that end, like as soon as the money comes into this house, we meet as a family and we're like, where's it going? And just beyond like, like the tithe is upfront. That's normally what we're supposed to do. We're called to do as Christians, but like, where's the offering money going? And it's created such a rich conversation in our marriage with our children. It informs the way we parent, the way we engage with the community. It's so deeply layered into everything we do now, because honestly, I'm like, I'm not looking to get to the end of my life and have you know, the judgment where I stand in front of Jesus and have a very real conversation about, well, what did you do when you were in the body? What did you do? How did you honor me? What did you do with your opportunities? What did you do with the people that I called you to engage with the gospel? I want to have an awesome conversation when I get to the end of my life with him. I don't want to be dreading it. I don't want to have left anything on the table. And I I look forward to that, that conversation with great anticipation. And that's that's what we're stirring up inside this community. So it's so much more than get your book project done, although it will help you do that. I love that so much. And I, it all it does is reinforce this idea of numbering your days, living with eternity in mind, and having a conviction for others that's more important than yourself. So if it ends with, you know, your pocketbooks, then what a waste. Um but I love that this is built by a Christian woman for Christian women. Is this, is this just for women it's for women and men? I've, I mean, I've coached men and women. I would say, okay. yeah, I mean, I know in your audience too, is, it's is women, mostly, not all women, right? Confident women. Yeah, um, totally. I've coached like many men. I usually do that kind of coaching one-on-one or I'll do that as, as a conference or part of like a two or three day workshop. But yeah, I mean, women are, women are our people, you know, when you're called to specifically encourage women, like I've been in that lane for a long time. So I like the life-giving conversations we can have when it's just women, it just creates a safety and a protection and an honoring of each other that I think is so beautiful. 
I am really excited about Legacy Story Academy because I, first and foremost, am a big believer in Erin and what she's doing. She really lives the life that she's preaching about. And because I'm a big proponent in Christian women walking in their calling, particularly when it comes to authoring and speaking, because I myself am an author and a speaker, and I've been able to help other women in their speaking, authoring and entrepreneurship journey. And it makes me come alive. I love seeing the aha moments. I just get so excited when the wheels are turning and things click. And I love seeing people go from just aspiring full of potential to that, that potential applied and walking in it. I'm so passionate about it. And so that's why I'm partnering with Aaron in this. Um, I'm actually uh, offering a bonus teaching um, inside of Legacy Story Academy, and um, it's all about the seven keys to having confidence as a writer. And um, I'm just really excited to share about some aspects that will not only give you the tools you need, but also build the confidence. Um, so Aaron, can you tell us about how we can join, show interest? Where do we go? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So you're going to go to uh, the link that Amanda has for you, but it's uh, through my website. It's AaronWideman.com. There's a little tab there called Legacy Story Academy. Uh, enrollment is opening on the 25th of October, and we are kicking the program off November 7th. So November 7th is when it officially starts. You'll receive your first module, which is all about unlocking your unique voice as a writer. And Amanda's bonus inside the program pairs so beautifully with that first module. We talk about vulnerability and how to orient your audience, what to do with the Holy Spirit and how to access your, your intuition to know what stories to include. How do you collaborate with other people? Because this journey can feel alone unless you're building in a qualified supportive team. So that first module is coming first week of November and we're going to work through the holiday season. And I know for everybody that's like the holidays are overwhelming, you know, that already feels like a lot to do the holidays. I've written so many books over the holiday season because there is something magical about the wonder of this season everything it stirs up, all of the emotions, all of the, the sights and the sounds. And this is prime time to get into your creative flow with the Lord. So we're going to work through the holiday season. And so by the end of January, you will be toasting to a finished book project or a finished set of messages that you're going to use to speak and motivate people. So I am super excited to kick things off. Like I said, first week of November, you're going to go straight to the link Amanda provides and you can enroll right there. I'm super excited about this because it's like, I will have a brand new book in January. You know, what a bold promise. And what's that's something that you could, um, if you don't leave with that, you didn't do the work. <laughs> So I just, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, so for those who might be listening to this kind of late, what is the final day that they can sign up for Legacy Story Academy? Yeah, the last day to sign up is November 4th. Uh, make sure you get in before then. That'll just give us a few days to, you know, set everything up and kick things off on the 7th. Our first live coaching call is on the 10th. So make sure you enroll 
before the end date, the close card date is the 4th of November. All right. And last thing, can you share everything that the program includes as well as how long the program is? Yes. Okay. So the program, as far as the course, the self-guided portion of the course is seven modules. So it's seven weeks of content, 30 lessons. You get a few lessons a week. It comes with homework. Every single um, week, you're going to get access to a live coaching call with me where we talk through the information inside the modules. I'm answering questions. You're getting feedback on your specific book project. You get private access to ask questions or um, seek information out if you need help with what you're working on. It's really meant to be interactive. So you're not, I mean, you are not in this process alone. You're going to be doing this with me shepherding you as well as hundreds of people who are also in the program, setting the same goals you are, setting the writing schedules, and we're all going to be doing it together. So you're going to be motivated to do it. So module one, like I said, it it is five components for unlocking your unique voice. Uh, You're going to learn how to do that in there. And then all of the homework provided will just give you a little bit to do as far as like chunking the material out. It feels super manageable. You can do it a cup, you know, an hour a day, just a few days uh, during the week and have enough time to like process. There's journal prompts inside. I'm going to walk you through everything step-by-step, super easy. Module two is your personal ATP. You, I will walk you through the five steps of ATP, how to mine the gold out of your story, arrive at the language that's going to help you share that message. Module three is designing your book. So talking through things like making a brainstorm map, how do I transition my map to my outline? And then from my outline, okay, I'm ready to start writing. Now, what do I do? You're really crafting your offer in module three. Module four has to do with getting the actual book written, understanding the step-by-step process for writing chapter over over chapter. How do you articulate your book's promise? How do you land on things like a title and a subtitle and a back of book description? And what are you calling your chapters? What are those subtopics? So getting language around all of that and making sure that you are providing that solution that your book is promising to the reader. Uh, The next module, module five, is how to make the most of your writing experience. So how do you maximize workflow? How do you set up your writing space so it's really life-giving? You're free of distractions. What do you do with thoughts when they randomly pop into your head about a different chapter, but you're working on this? Like, how do you stay focused and motivated and help the people around you and you honor the time that you're giving to the Lord to craft this message? That's all covered in module five. Module six is time leadership. We're literally, okay, like we put, you know, like the rubber meets the road. Okay, my, I have this many hours a day. Where am I scheduling the time to actually get this resource, like finished chapter over chapter and done? And then module seven is a special bonus module that I created called Your Path to Publishing. In it, I'm breaking down every avenue that you have in the modern publishing space to get your book printed and into the marketplace, we're covering in there. We're talking about, is traditional publishing a realistic, a good option for you? How do you know? What questions do you ask? If you're going DIY or you're going to publish it yourself, what does that even look like? You can take it from somebody who has published 13 books on her own, not in the traditional space. This can be done. 
Um, you're going to lean on the leverage of experts and different people that you will, you know, gather and create the book that you want out in the marketplace without the help of traditional publishers. Totally, you know, you're you're going to figure out in that module which way is best for you. There are hybrid publishing models that I will never recommend to anybody, but I do cover them in there in case you're like, is would this be a good solution? It won't be, but you'll find out in module seven why that I why I won't recommend it ever, um, unless it drastically changes, but that's neither here nor there. And then we have lots of different moduses coming from awesome people like Amanda, Jordan Lee Dooley, Caroline Roberts, Mariela Rosario. She uh, everybody's coming on and we're just gathering a bunch of rich content that you can't get anywhere else from seasoned author speakers who know what they're talking about and all the bonuses inside that are coming from those ladies. I'm They're going to be so life-giving for everybody. We're talking about how to market and sell. Amanda's sharing about confidence. Um, how do you let go of shame and actually tell your story with conviction? Um, there's so much in there. Checklists, templates, the things that you need, like the practical things you need to create so that you can move the project forward. So it's all inside there waiting for you guys. Yeah. The amount of content that's in here is like worth the value of multiple programs because you're talking about time leadership. You're talking about the publishing world. You're also talking about actually how to map out your book, create language, designing, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And even in having people like Caroline Roberts, who has her own writer's retreats, Jordan Lee Dooley, who has been a best-selling author multiple times, you know, uh, Mariela, who is um, killing it on social, has her own um, platform of her own doing phenomenal work. Even myself, you know, like I've written three books, self-published and publish two with traditional publishing, like the wealth of information and access they're going to have is absolutely ridiculous. So, um, I'm just really excited to hear about the life change that's about to happen. Like I'm excited about the level up. I'm excited about the women who are going to say my book is done. I'm excited about the women who say my book is published or the women who say, I just landed a book deal, you know, like this is about to happen because of Legacy Story Academy. And I'm just so thrilled. So all you guys need to do is go into the show notes. I have linked my unique link for Legacy Story Academy for you to, to sign up. And don't forget, you'll get my bonus teaching within Legacy Story Academy. Um, and you will also be led by Aaron, who is a spirit filled woman as you partner with God every step of the way. Um, so I'm really excited about this program. Aaron, are there any final things that you want to say? No, I just want to encourage the person out there who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure this is for me. Take it from somebody who felt ill-equipped at the beginning. God will equip you with everything you need. Once you, sometimes he just needs a little bit of space offered by you yeah. so that he can bring you just the next half step, full step forward. And so don't be afraid if you don't feel like you have all the answers right now, that's what this program is for. God yeah. is going to fill in the gaps as you make space for him to work. So that's really yeah. what this is about. It's meant for you not to feel alone. Um, so anybody who's out there who like has been alone on this journey and has just been sitting with their idea, this is your time. And I can't wait to do this with you. I can't wait to do it either. 
Erin, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Love you, girl. This has been such a good time. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our online community at confidentwomanco.com where you can surround yourself with like-minded Christian women. And follow us on Instagram at confidentwomanco. As always, stay confident.